Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Wow. What an honor to be here. Hey, why don't you thank your pastors, Pastor Jason and Alyssa. Come on, let's honor them. The Bible says honor your leaders, yeah? Amazing. Hey, you can high five someone as you take your seat. Great to be here. Thank you for those four people that high fived. Bless you guys. Hey, uh, I have been a part like in this church many times over a long period of time. And I wasn't invited back for eight years, Pastor Jason, so I'm not sure. Uh, the reason for that is uh, we were in Asia. We were in Thailand, as you heard. Uh, we planted a church uh, over there for the last eight years. Uh, and then the last 18 months, we've been back in Sydney. There's got to be missionaries to Sydney. Everyone in Melbourne knows that. Um, and uh, I'm married to Amanda. We've been married 21 years this month. And we've got two kids a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. Uh, Jackson is my oldest, and he's probably going to be bigger than me in about six months, which is a worry. And uh, then my daughter's 11. Her name's Ruby Grace, and uh, we have two beautiful kids. Uh, as you already heard, we're a part of the team uh, at Alpha Crucis University College. If you've never heard of that, used to be called Southern Cross College, then it used to be called Commonwealth Bible College, way back in the day, and it's our national college, and now it's becoming a university, which means we do teaching, business, all different courses, counselling, chaplaincy. So this is my 30-second plug that if you ever want to study, you need to study at Alpha Crucis University College. You can even do it all online. My wife did a business degree all online. She's like, it was amazing. Um, so if you need anything, just say, Jesse told me to call and I'll look after you. Hey, um, who's ready for the Word of God today? You ready for the Word? Well, as I mentioned, um, we planted a church in Thailand. And who knows, it's a lot easier to talk about faith than it is to live by faith. Anyone else know what I'm talking I've been to a lot of altar calls and I love altar calls. Even uh, the older I get uh, in life, I love coming before God. And, and came, coming to altar calls growing up, I would say, here I am, God, send me. Anyone else ever done that? Guess what? When you do that, God listens. And uh, who knows that? We say, God, use me. And God goes, cool. And we go, wait a second, God. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's a bit difficult. We want it on our own terms. I should have really come to the front and said, here I am, send him. That's, that's an easier prayer, isn't it? Like, here, here I'm down the front, but please, God, send someone else. And God tapped us on the shoulder, and, and we kind of couldn't get rid of this sense that God was calling us to a nation uh, with less than a percent Christian, um, 95% Buddhist, 4% Muslim, and le probably less than half a percent are Christians in that nation. And people said to me, why on earth would you go there to plant a church? I'm like, isn't that obvious? <laughs> like, there needs to be the gospel in that place. And uh, your church was a part of that. You supported us. You supported even my parents, like, over many years in what God uh, has done in the nation of Thailand. So I just want to thank, give yourselves a big hand for what you've done all across the world in missions. 
and uh, it's incredible. Hey, I've got a word for you, and the title of my message is Fully Surrendered. I felt to preach this message at the start of the year as I uh, had the privilege of being invited, and I want to encourage you that to follow God in each season, we need to live a life fully surrendered. Amen? We don't just live a life when we fully surrendered when we decide to follow God, but every year, every season of our lives, we've got to say, God, what is it that you have for me? What do you want me to lay down? As this church expands and continues to grow, it's going to require people that are surrendered. Not just the senior pastors, not just staff, not just a connect group or life group leader, but every person in church to say, God, what is it that you want me to lay down? How do you want me to be set apart? What do you want me to do this year? Because you'll be accountable for your life. God is going to look and ask you specific things that aren't for the person next to you, behind you, or in front of you, but God will point it out to you. And are you going to be someone that says, okay, God, Whatever it is you have for me, it might not be go to Thailand, but maybe it is to serve in my city. Maybe it is in my suburb, in my church, wherever it is. If you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. And uh, prior to this part of the scripture, the Israelites cried out to God for help because of their slavery. So God looked at the Israelites and was concerned about them. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, this is just kind of setting it up for you that, that he would protect them in the land as they followed him. So Moses is out tending sheep when he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And then you'll see this scripture up here, Exodus 3, 3 to 5 says, So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. If anyone's got a mum or dad that's called their name twice in their life, who knows what I'm talking about? If, any, if my mum ever said, Jesse, Jesse, who knows that that's a point where you go, okay, I'm, I'm coming over. I'm going to listen to what Moses is called twice. And anytime in scripture you see someone's name called twice, it's God getting their attention. Maybe in 2024, God is going to get your attention and he's going to say, hey, I got something for you. Last year, maybe you kind of cruised through, but this year is your year. This is a year where you are going to step up in faith. You aren't going to sit back on the sidelines, but God is going to catapult you into a journey of faith that will be scary, but it will be worth it. You don't want to live a life where you look back at your life and you go, I wish I did that. I wish I had done that. I wish I had more courage. I wish I stepped out. I wish I prayed for someone. Don't do that this coming year. Be someone that says, God, whatever it is, I'm going to be someone that listens to your call. And when you call my name, I'm going to be ready. Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Good response. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the... Keep them on in here just for today. Take off your sandals for the, <laughs> for the sake of the others in the room. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. See, he went on to tell Moses that he had heard the cries of the people and he was going to use Moses to lead them out of slavery into the promised land. We need to understand in our lives that oftentimes... Before God does something through you, He wants to do something in you. And in 2024, I wonder if God is going to do an internal work that will shift something in your life forever. 
See, if God has your whole life, the rest is easy. Anything he asks for you, from you is simple. If he has your life, if you've fully surrendered your life to God, if, our, if God requests something of you, it's easy because you've given everything to him anyway. I remember when my wife and I first got married, we were having baked beans on toast. My wife was on $17,000 a year and I was paying to go to Bible college. Who knows you got, you're struggling financially, living in Sydney of all places back then. God asked us in a service just like this to give $1,000 to a family. I thought, devil, get away from me. That is the enemy's voice right there. That cannot be God. God would look, surely he wants to bless me. Surely he wants to prosper me. Surely God wouldn't ask me of that. No, the truth is God will ask you. God will challenge you. God will say, I'm going to call you to a higher level this year. He's going to challenge you to step out in faith. Maybe it's an area of your life that's easy for someone else, but for you, you know that's something that God is working on, that he's put his finger on in your life, and he's saying, I want you to work on this area. I want you to stretch. I want you to grow. See, in, we don't like to talk about it, but oftentimes as Christians, we need to yield ourselves to God. You know that? We yield ourselves to God. Lay ourselves down, not just in 1989, no, this year. Not just when you became a Christian do you need to yield yourself to God, but in every season you need to yield yourself to God. See, Moses was full of doubt and insecurity, giving reasons why he wasn't the one God should use, why he wasn't qualified, yet God used him to deliver a nation and he gave his life to serving God. I want to give you four things today that I hope will help you this year. Very simple points but traits of people who are fully surrendered to God. Four traits in 2024. First one is this, listen for the whisper. Listen for the whisper. If you take notes, you can write that down. Listen for the whisper. See, a sign of maturity in your life is a time between God's voice speaking to you and your response of yes to God. That's a sign of maturity. Maturity isn't that you've been here since 1963. That's not because I've known young people that are incredibly mature and I've known really, really senior people who are both mature or lacking in maturity. It's not just an age thing. It's when God speaks to you, how long does it take you to respond? You could be 15 years old or you could be 95 years old. Is your heart pliable? Is your heart moldable? When God speaks to you, do you still listen in obedience or is responsibility taken over? Is there too much at stake now? It was okay when I was 17, but now oh, I'm not going to step out as much because of safety, security in my life. See, listening for the whisper, if you want to be useful to God in every season, keep listening and keep obeying. Keep listening and keep obeying. When, when God speaks to you, how quick is your response to God? See, let me tell you something. You don't want anything before you are ready for it. God, I want you to do something great through my life, but I want you to do something great in my life this year. That God is going to do something through you, yes, but he wants to work in you as well so that pride won't puff you up, so that you won't become arrogant, that you won't say, I'm a self-made man or self-made woman, but God was the one that provided. God was the one that did it in your life. If you continue to listen to his whisper in every season, 
and, and you continue to be soft in His presence and ready to respond. I love this scripture in uh, Joshua 3, verse 5. It says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So the consecrate, the setting apart is, is your responsibility and my responsibility. The amazing things that God will do, we can't perform those in our own strength. We can't uh, heal people in our own strength. We can't grow things in our own strength, but we can set ourselves apart. We can say, God, I don't know what you're going to do this year. I don't know my, if my job's still going to be the same this year, but I am positioning myself to set myself apart for you so that tomorrow that you will do incredible things amongst this community. See, in Exodus 3, verse 3, Moses goes over to see this burning bush. He, he's thinking, I've got to get closer to this bush to see what it is. And verse 4 says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, he spoke. See, Moses drew near and then God spoke. God didn't talk until Moses moved. God didn't speak until he had Moses' attention. I've been a pastor over 20 years now. And many times people have come to me and said, I'm waiting on a word from the Lord. I said, great, what are you doing? Um, nothing. Well, I said, you've got to move closer. You've got to position yourself in a place where you will hear the voice of God. You've got to get closer to God. As you take a step towards God, draw near to God, and what does it say in Scripture? He will draw near to you. That as, as He has your attention. As you draw near to Him, then He will begin to speak to you. Here's a key. God is a whispering God. See, if I'm over here in this room without a microphone, mind you, and right over in the back right corner, someone right over there whispers, I wouldn't be able to hear what they said at all. If they're whispering to me from that back, I would not be able to hear anything that's going on over there. Have you ever um, met a close talker in church? Don't look to your left as you're right. But being in church for many years, there's people that are close talkers, you know. They love to kind of come up and, and be right in your space. And, and they come right close to you where you don't have to wonder what they had for lunch or breakfast. you actually right there, you know. And they come right up to you. And you're in the foyer at church, not this church, the other one um, down the road. They, they come right up to you and you go, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh, glad you had a great holiday. And by the end of that conversation, you find yourself over here. A few people know, don't look around the room. A few people know what I'm talking about. Did you know God is the same? God is a close talker. He wants to be intimate with you. God doesn't just want to yell from the other side of the room and scream out, Jesse, Jesse. He doesn't just want it. He wants to whisper. And oftentimes we don't listen to it, either because we're distracted or we're too distant or we're preoccupied. And God wants us this year to come close to Him. He wants us to draw near to Him so that we can hear the voice of God, that we can hear the whisper of God. The Scripture says, that he's not in the fire, he's not in the wind, he's not in the earthquake, he's in the still, small voice. I love being in church on a Sunday. I love conferences, I love youth camps, I love events, I love all of that. 
But if I'm honest with you, the time that God speaks to me most personally is in the secret place. In my whole journey of following Jesus, and I grew up under the seats in church, so I've been to a lot of church services. The time that God speaks to me most is when I say to God, God, this is your time. I've carved out this time to put worship music on, to go for a walk, to say, God, speak to me. God, I want to hear. In those moments, God pinpoints areas in my life where I need to grow. He goes, Jesse, that attitude's terrible. He'll say those things. And he'll say, you need to treat your family a bit better. And he'll pinpoint areas in my life and speak to me personally. Why? Because I'm listening for the whisper of God. I'm listening for the whisper of God. God speaks to those who pursue. God leads those who want to be led. If you pursue him this year, I can guarantee God will begin to speak. It Maybe not every single day, but he's going to begin to speak things personally to your life. I read a verse in in Exodus a few weeks ago, and it jumped out to me because uh, Moses was leading the the people of God, but then the next that was going to lead was Joshua. And he followed on from Moses as the leader of the nation. It's interesting, there's a little verse that's going to come up on the screen in Exodus 33, verse 11. Don't read on too quick. I know some of you will. But the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. How cool is that? I've read, preached on that. I've heard great sermons on that. That's an intimate, personal relationship as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I wonder if Joshua was picked of the, as a leader of the people of God, not just because he was a military giant, not just because he was strategic in his thinking, not just because of his leadership, but I wonder if it's because when everyone else left, and even when Moses left, Joshua lingered behind in the presence of God. Joshua said, you know what, on a Sunday, even though everyone else is running out and they're starving and they're going to leave straight away, you know what I'm going to do? I want to spend five more minutes of my day and say, God, this is your time. God, speak to me again. God, touch my family in 2024. God, do something significant through our church. God, bless this house. Bless my pastors. God, bless this ministry. God, do something significant. See, Joshua realized that lingering in the presence of God was the key to everything in his life. It wasn't moving on quickly. It was waiting in the presence of God. See, God reveals himself to those who want it. Are you wanting God to reveal himself this year? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to fast some things? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to get up a bit earlier to seek the Lord? I love this verse in Psalms. 123 verse 2, it says, We keep looking to the Lord our God for His mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master, as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. When I want God to speak to me, I ask God, can you please write it in the sky? Can you make it like so clear this year that I just like hit me over the head with a cricket bat? So it's like, yes, Jesse, follow me this way. But I wonder... If God spoke to me like this, if he just gave me the eyebrows, 
See, I've been married 21 years. When I'm at a meeting, function, wedding, anything, if my wife's over there and my wife does this, you don't know what that means. I do. See, what my wife doesn't have to yell. My wife can just give me the slightest signal, and guess what? We've been in relationship. We know each other well. We're intimate. We've got that friendship and connection. I know exactly. I wonder if this year, if God just said, Jesse, bless that person. If he just had to give me a slight signal and I would respond to it. Or does God need to write it in the sky and go, Jesse, Jesse, and, and tell me so loudly? Or could he just give me a slight signal where I would listen to his whisper and I would obey him? First thing, if you want a trait to be fully surrendered, listen to the whisper. Second thing is you need this year to cultivate a hunger cultivate a hunger. Practically, how do you do that? You read His Word. If you've never done a Bible reading plan, God speaks the most to us through His Word. Seek His presence. Surround yourself with hungry people. Block out a time, a devotional time every day where you say, God, I'm going to cultivate a hunger for you. I was on a ministry trip many years ago in London, in the UK, and the pastor said, after the service, I'm taking you to a restaurant, and it's an all-you-can-eat Indian restaurant. I thought I was in heaven. I was like, this is going to be the best day of my life. Other than finding Christ and getting married, this is going to be the best day ever. So I thought, I'm going to come into this restaurant, and I'm going to eat so much food. They are going to, like, I'm skinny. I look skinny, but I'm one of those skinny people that eat a lot. Do you know those ones? that I can just keep going. So I go into this restaurant and I think, goodness, I'm going to just eat as this place out of business. Every naan bread, every chicken tikka, every biryani, everything they possibly could have, I'm going to eat it. So I get in there and the food starts coming and I'm like, yes, Lord, your glory is here. This restaurant is a portal to heaven right now. And I'm just eating as much of this food as I possibly can. And I think I'm going to keep going for days and days and days. But the truth is, after about an hour, I had to tap out. After 13 naan breads and a few curries and rices and everything else, I was like, no, get the food away from me. I am so full, I'm going to roll out of this restaurant. See, the truth is, when you're hungry in the natural, you get full. But when you're hungry in the spirit, you get to cultivate a hunger in your life. You cultivate a hunger in your life. See, in the natural, when you eat, you get full. But in the spirit, when you eat, you get hungry. See, when you pray... You think, man, five, this is going to be so terrible. I have to pray for five minutes. But the truth is when you start to speak in tongues and you start to pray, you start to cultivate a hunger in your life where the things of God become more important to you than other things in your life. And you desire the secret place more than other things in your life. During this year, I can even sense in this church where there's going to be people who have said in prayer in the past, it has been so difficult. Reading the Word has been a burden for me. It's like I just have to tick the box. But this year, there's going to be a freshness to your walk with God. There's going to be a cult, you're going to cultivate a hunger for the things of God. And when you have that time, you are going to long for the presence of God. A few, like half an hour will go so quickly for you in the presence of God. This year, as you cultivate 
a hunger for him. See, something is activated by seeking God. God has prepared an all-you-can-eat buffet. He's prepared this year everything that you need, everything that you need to receive from him, his presence, his word, his voice, his encouragement, everything that you need. It's all laid out for you. But are you going to be someone that sits at that table and receives all that he has given you, all that he has for you? Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, but you, when you pray, I love what we heard before about when you fast. It's not if you do, it's, it's when you pray. Go into your room and when you have shut the door, everyone say shut the door. Pray to your father who is in the secret place. Did you see that? He's in the secret place. But Jesse, I thought he was on the throne. Yes, he's on the throne, but he's in the secret place. I thought he was in heaven. Of course he's in heaven, but he's in the secret place. I thought God was in church. Of course he is here. His presence dwells here when we worship him, but he is in the secret place. See, if you set aside time for God, God will beat you there. He's already waiting for you. I think oftentimes in my life, God's sitting, waiting on the steps, looking at his watch, going, I just wish Jesse would give some time to me. I just wish, wish Jesse, instead of running around and trying to find all the solutions in his own strength and trying to do all the planning on his own, I wish he would just sit at my feet and I have an answer. I have a solution for him in the quiet place. If you want to learn time with God, can I, can I teach you a secret? See this thing? Everyone knows what this is. This is a phone. This is the best thing you could do for your quiet time is you could put it here and you could shut a door. And then you could say, God, this is the space that I want to encounter you. This is the time. Because what happens to me after a minute, I get distracted. After 30 seconds, someone's needing something from me, but I want to dedicate my time to the Lord. If you give God time and a place, he will meet you there. Listen to the whisper, cultivate a hunger. The third one is allow God to shape you. If I can invite the worship team to come up. If a preacher does that, you think it's kind of nearing the end. It's not. There's so much more to go. I've got 37 more points. The third point is this, allow God to shape you. If you're going to live fully surrendered, then you need to allow God to shape you. The best way I can explain this is in Jeremiah 18, verse 1 to 6. It says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel. Here's the key, as it seemed good to the potter to make. I think sometimes we try to shape our own life. But the truth is, God has his hand on your life. He has his hand on this church. He is shaping your life, your family. He is molding it. And he can, he can shape it this way or he can adjust it this year. And he can make what he wants because he is the potter. 
as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you in my hand, O house of Israel. I couldn't get proper clay, but I have an 11-year-old daughter. So I got Play-Doh. And the truth is, as you become a Christian and, and you go further and further in the journey, what you've got to be very careful of is that your life doesn't become just a little bit crusty. A bit hard. Where it was really soft a few years ago, then some, someone said something, someone offended me, they didn't give me the role at work, at church, wherever. Family did something and it really hurt. And the truth is, oftentimes those things do hurt, but God's still shaping you. He's still molding you. And even though last year might have felt like you were stretched to breaking, the truth is God still has His hand on your life. Don't let God's hand go away from your life. Don't let His presence leave your life, whatever you do. As hard as it is, this year, don't despise gathering together in the house of God. Don't come once a month, come every week and say, God, why do I want to be in your house? It's because I don't want your hand to be off my life. I want your hand to be on my life. As, as He molds you, it, it, it's warmer when He's plying and He's pushing. You know, the wounds of God are better than the blessings of the world. It is. When God pushes on your life, ah, that's better than the blessings of this world. It's better than doubling your income in a year. If you do that, awesome. But the, the, the shaping of God, 2024, I just sensed that over this church, that God is shaping the church for a unique thing, a unique move of God. This is what you don't want in your life. Watch this. This is what you don't want. You don't want God. Okay. Do it on your own. I've tried to speak to you. I've tried to tell you to deal with that. I've tried to tell, work on you. But you don't want my presence in your life. You don't want God to leave you alone. See, when David repented of sin, he said, Lord, whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. What was David saying? He was saying, whatever you do, don't stop messing with me. Don't stop shaping me. Don't stop molding my life. Maybe even a Christian 10, 20, 30, 40. This year is going to be a shaping year. Allow God to have His hand on your life. You watch what God will do in your life and in your family. He is going to mold you into a pot. He is going to mold you as a church into something beautiful. He's going to mold you into something that is incredible for His kingdom. Friends, at the very back, at the very front, He wants to mold your life. He wants to shape your life for something significant. It's not going to just be something that's put up on a shelf to look beautiful. He's going to mold you so that you're actually useful to the kingdom of God. Who wants to be useful to the kingdom of God? Who wants to be someone that says, God, this year, don't pass me by. 
don't go without me. God, if you're doing something, let me be one of the people that says, God, use my life for your glory. He has not finished with your life. He's not finished. He's still molding you, even though it hurts, even though it's been painful. This is going to be a year where He shapes you into something beautiful. Allow God. If you want to be fully surrendered, a trait of someone that's fully surrendered is they allow God to shape them. They say sorry. They forgive people. They allow God to deal with internal things. The fourth and final one before I finish is fully surrendered people. For fully surrendered people, the answer is always yes. Who knows that God is low on details, but high on obedience? Whenever God tells me something, I want to know a lot of stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, God. So how's it going to work? No, no, God's low on details and high on obedience. And I just sense there's people in the room, people watching online, that God's going to ask of you things and He's not going to tell you every reason why. He's not going to give you His whole 10-year plan. He's going to say, do you trust me? Are you going to listen to my whisper and are you going to obey me? Because I'm leading. I'm the one out in front. God, whatever you say, it's yes. This year, God, whatever you want, it's yes. Before we pray and I finish, a number of years ago, my wife and I were in a conference in Malaysia. Can I go down here, Pastor Jace? Yeah. Um, we were in Malaysia and we were on the third row of a conference with 3,000 people. We're right here, about here. And the pastor was a pastor by the name of Dr. Michael Maiden. He's a prophet. He called us out. 3,000 people. We're just like, oh, like a deer in headlights to the front. Who knows when a prophet calls you out, the whole way down, I'm like, God, I'm sorry for saying that to my kids and whatever I thought, even if I'm you know, sorry for stealing the food from my kids' plate, whatever, like I'm repenting of everything I've ever done in my life as I come down, because it's a, it's a prophet. So <laughs> he gets us to come down the front and, and we're standing out the front like this. He starts to prophesy over us and he starts his prophecy by counting. One, two, you know when you get a prophecy and it's like, this is really confusing, but you want to act spiritual? Anyone? Just me. Thanks, guys. Um, so we're just like, yes, the number three, powerful. Yes, Lord, the Trinity, the whole yes. But to be honest, we had no idea what it was talking about. Just one, two, three, four. He keeps counting. I think everyone in the room would have been going, what is he saying? He stops at the number 16. And he said, God asked 16 other people to do what you're doing in Thailand. And you were the first people to say yes. Can I tell you why I tell you that story? You can give the Lord a hand. Don't give me a hand, whatever you do. We have no idea what we're doing. God is the one that is in control. The reason I tell you that story is this. If you want to be useful to God, just be available to God. You don't have to be as talented as your pastors, as your friends. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. But if God needs someone in Melbourne, would you be someone that says, God, I don't even know if I have any gifts, 
I don't come from the right family. I don't have a lot in my, I've got debts. I've got all, but God, if you could use anyone this year, let me be someone that you can use. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet today? I want to pray for you. We're going to pray for people to be fully surrendered. Come on, reach out to God. Put your iPhones, your Samsungs, whatever you've got, put them down for one second. I'm going to pray God's blessing over your life. I'm going to pray that you would be someone this year that is fully surrendered. Come on, you begin to pray. If you pray in another language, if you pray in tongues, come on, begin to pray it out. I'm going to pray over you that God, that you would listen to the whisper of God, that you would cultivate a hunger this year, that you would allow God to shape you and mould you just like the clay in the hands of the potter. I'm going to pray that this year that the answer for you would be yes already. The answer for you would be yes. Whatever God you ask me this year, the answer is already yes. You don't have to tell me any details. You don't have to tell me everything. God, you are in control and I trust you. The answer is yes today for what you are going to do in 2024. God, I pray for every man, woman and young person in this place. God, I pray for a fully surrendered house of God. I pray for a place that would say, God, I don't know what gifts or talents. I'm not the most intelligent. God, but I want to be the most useful to you. God, I want to be the one that, God, when you're looking across Melbourne, when you're looking across this part of Melbourne and this suburb and these areas, God, that we would be the ones with our hands raised, that we would be the ones that say, God, let my finance make a difference. Let my time make a difference. Let my energy and my serving make a difference in people's lives. God, use us this year, we pray. And Father, I pray, God, that this year will be a year of acceleration and molding in Jesus' name. I can see this place as a clay in the potter's hands that would be molded by God. Allow God to do the molding. It might not look the same as what you thought. It might not be your preference, but say, God, you, this is your house and you are building your house. And God, I just pray over Pastor Jason and Alyssa right now. God, I just pray your anointing over them this year. I pray your blessing over them. God, I pray for visions and dreams. God, I thank you that you have, it's not an accident or it's not by chance that you have anointed them for this house. God, that you are using them in incredible ways already. God, I thank you that this year it's going to be like a line in the sand. As they step across into this year, God, is going to be new horizons, new opportunities. God, I pray for new blessings. God, I pray for your blessing on this house and on their family in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you are so proud of them, God. You're so proud of this house. As we were in worship before, if everyone can have their eyes closed just for one second. As we were in worship before, I felt God say to not only your pastors, but you as well that God is so proud of you. The way you've navigated a transition as a church, God's proud of the senior people in this church who've kept a heart that's moldable to God, that has said, God, I thank you. You are the one building your house. This is not a man or woman's house or a group's house or a few people here. This is your house. And who you put in charge, who you put in place, God, you have positioned them 
You are molding them and you are molding this house for greater effectiveness in this city, not only this city, in other cities, in other nations. So God, I pray your blessing and your fire to come on this house. Just before we go, why don't you lift your hands to heaven right now? I believe God is going to whisper to some people. There's something that he's put on your heart and you've held back a little bit, whether it's um, in, in serving, whether it's in prayer. Some of you are intercessors and it might not mean you get a microphone on a stage, but I can tell you, you can storm heaven from your house around the church, walking these streets. Some of you, God's going to whisper to you about financial adjustments in your life. God's going to, as you do that, as you listen to that word, God is going to bless you abundantly because what have you done? You've listened to him and you've obeyed him. He can provide in the blink of an eye for you, your family. Father, I pray blessing, pray favor. God, I thank you more than anything from this world, God, that we would have more of you this year. We would receive more of your presence, more revelation. God, that we would know you more this year than we did last year. God, we give you all the glory and thank you for your house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a big, big hand. listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.